This is Austin Real Estate Investing. Austin Real Estate Investing. We'll be discussing real estate investing in Austin, Texas, and bringing you experts from all different sectors of the real estate game. Your host, Jordan Moorhead, is a real estate agent and investor in Austin and is here to help you get started or to build your portfolio and explore new strategies. Hi, this is Jordan Moorhead with the Austin Real Estate Investing Podcast. And today we have Chase McRoberts on. He's the team leader at the Keller Williams Southwest Market Center. He's an investor in Home Tax Shield, a property tax protest company that will help you automate your property tax protests. He's done a few live-in flips. He's been in real estate for 15 years, and he started working with his dad in construction as a kid, picking up job sites. But we'll get into all that. Hey, Chase, how are you? I'm fantastic, Jordan. Thanks for letting me be here today. Yeah, great to have you on here, man. Really appreciate it. Um, so I think you know, first thing to talk about, of course, is the the one that's on all of our minds is the, the property taxes in Austin are so high. And yeah, they are. I think we're all saying, hey, we're it's as real estate investors, it's hard to make deals work when property taxes are a third of the mortgage payment in a lot of cases. So how can you at Home Tax Shield help real estate investors get their property taxes down? Yeah, and, and that, hey, I may not have the entire magic bullet here. Um, property taxes in general are are a beast in Texas. They are <laughs> something that we all deal with. Um, but I, I do think that there can be relief if you're consistent um, in, in protesting. And uh, we actually have found through various studies and valuations that if you consistently protest, you'll see um, incremental increases in reductions. So um, posted on our website, actually, at hometaxshield.com, there's a graphic that shows that obviously if you don't ever protest, you have zero saved. Sure. Um, if you protest, yeah, if you protest once, um, we think that you'll save about $2,500. And if you protest annually, about $7,400, and this is all based off of a $500,000 valuation uh, with 6% market gain and 4.5% annual reduction um, at a 2% tax rate. Just so, got to give all the legal stuff behind it. Um, I want to make sure that that everybody's able to see what we think we can achieve. And I would say a 2% tax rate would be very generous in a lot of the Austin area too. In a lot of places, it's up closer to three. So if you can get it is. get those protested down even a little more, it sounds like that, you know, the average is probably a good spot to be, but if you can do better than that, that's awesome. All right, Chase. Absolutely. Before we get started here, most important question we ask our guests, what is your favorite restaurant here in Austin? Hey, we're in Austin. We love to eat here. There's great food. Mm -hmm. um, my favorite just hot spot to go to is uh, Carve over on uh, Southwest Parkway. Carve? I've not heard of Carve. What is Carve? It is a, I joke and I say it's like the Westlake of Chili's. Uh, or it's uh, the, the Chili's of Westlake. <laughs> Sorry, I said that backwards. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a fantastic spot. Um, they have it's it's casual, but it's a nice restaurant that um, they have great steaks and but you can get a burger and you know stuff like that. So it's it's also casual as well. So 
I always joke and say that it's like the chilies of Westlake, but uh, anyway, I'll check it's a good, it out. good spot. You I'll have to go there. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be there. We should go there for lunch here someday, but if it's uh, not Rudy's, we'll go there. Right. Yeah. Rudy's <laughs> is always good. It's super convenient to our office here. So it's hard to pass that up. Um, Absolutely. So Chase, you know, you, been in real estate for a long time you, I, you don't look very old so i'm assuming that's a, the most of your working career you've been in real estate you talked about you started working with your dad in construction could you kind of just start there and tell us where your career's gone in real estate since then yeah you know it's um <laughs> i started off actually uh riding my bike to my dad's uh, uh job site be it that he was in commercial residential construction and I'd ride my bike after school, after being dropped off at home through carpool or how, whatever the means were that I got home and uh, would ride my bike and pick up trash. And it just taught me a great workout. And so it's, uh, uh, you know, I started that when I was about in middle school, sixth grade is what I recall. It may have been, I don't think it was probably fifth. It was probably sixth grade. Did that for a few years. And uh, I loved earning money. And the thing is, is that um, after going to college and graduating, it it's, uh, was interesting. I actually got into real estate right before the economic, the Great Recession and the economic downturn of about 15 years ago. And uh, what happened, Jordan, is I didn't know any better. I got in. There was it, it had already started to fall. It hadn't completely fallen. But um, I started working in an ancillary business in uh, real estate at a title company, and at the time, the largest one in the country, and I was in sales. And I did that for a short period of time, and I transitioned into another sales role um, in a different segment of that same organization that I ultimately stayed there for about 14 years, um, wow. growing inside of that organization into um, management. Well, I started in sales, was one of the top performers in the entire country for that business, and um, worked into management to manage my team in the state of Texas on the sales side, and then went into operation management um, in Texas and to manage that entire um, operation for Texas. And what I learned was a lot of valuable lessons about how not only to interact with the people that are on your team, but how you interact with the internal, external customers and uh, just what it looks like to to be part of our uh, ecosystem in real estate. And there's so many aspects to real estate. That's what's intriguing to me. And mm -hmm. it uh, every time I've turned around, there's been a challenge in this business and that's what keeps me coming back to more for more. So um, some may say that's a glutton for punishment, but I think it's enjoyment. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I mean, I think that's the same thing that, that keeps me coming back excited every day is that I I know there's always going to be a new challenge there and uh, a new goal to strive for. There's really just no ceiling in the real estate industry. And right. I think that's what makes it so fun personally is that there are no limits and you can do whatever you want, wherever you want it. Oh, yeah, it's, cool. it's been a lot of fun. So, Chase, have you always been in Austin? Are you from Austin? 
I'm not. I'm actually, I am from Texas, uh, but I, I grew, I was born and raised and grew up in uh, Corpus Christi, Texas, down on the coast. Mm-hmm. And I've uh, been here in Austin for about five years. My um, my wife and I, we've been married 12, a little over 12 years. And um, we um, we were living down in Corpus after college. She's from San Antonio. And we decided that um, we could at that point, we could really live anywhere in Texas with the the current job that I had at the time. And so we started looking and this was the only place that we didn't really have too many connections. Actually, Um, I had some family here and she had some family, cousins and uncles and things. And um, but beyond that, we had never lived here. And so we decided that we would take the leap and um, it was it was exciting. We were um, we looked for a long time to figure out where we wanted to live, but absolutely love Austin. I don't envision us us ever leaving, and uh, our kids are going to school here. And as um, you you may or may not know, Jordan, you do know, I'm sure, um, that the schools are just great. So um, we've really enjoyed that for our kids. Yeah, and and the people we've made some great friends here too. Yeah, great people in Austin. You know, great everything. It's hard to complain about much around here. Um, so obviously, you got started working with your dad on job sites, and I'm sure that that maybe led into the real estate industry a little bit. Did you? Were you always just hyper focused on being in real estate, or did something else drag you into it outside of that? Yeah, it's that's an interesting question, um, and that you even that you picked up on that too. It's uh, it was almost a happenstance, you know. I I got into my very first job out of college was actually managing a the largest um, condominium uh, complex on the Gulf Coast, and oh, cool. it, it just so happened that that is in Corpus Christi, and I was doing the management for the uh, rental side. And so I kind of happened into real estate after Mm -hmm. college. And with the economy, the way that it was at the time, I took that role. Um, Not that it was my dream role, but it's just, I took that role. And my boss said, you really need to, you need to go do something else. This is, (laughs) you need to be out out of this organization. This is really not where you're going to grow. And I said, really? Okay. So and he gave me some ideas. And actually, our our placement agency that helped us at that condo complex was connected with the title company. And that title company um, had a job opening. And I interviewed for that job. And they had um, several other folks that were speaking to that were had far more knowledge and tenure than I did in that business. But what they liked is that I was green. And that they could train me and they could mold me the way they wanted to mold me. And so that's how I started in the real estate business. Um, yes, that is what what I had known and had done with my my father. Um, and really, I would say I, I wasn't so much in in real estate at that time with my dad. I was more in grunt work. Janitor. Like. <laughs> yeah, you, were, you were a janitor with your dad. Picking up trash, digging holes, like doing, you know, lots of stuff that oh. no one wants to do. It was his yeah. way of keeping in school and keeping me in college. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it did the trick for sure. Um, but uh, that's what really ultimately landed me in real estate. And and that gave me the opportunity to buy my first home, which I did um, at 23. 
and was able to to buy a property that I fixed up and was able to make some money on that and then mm. parlay that to another home that I ultimately ended up buying um, and completely renovated and, and renovating and gutting. I remember my mother-in-law showing up at that property going, where are you moving my daughter to? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you sure this will ever be a, a, a place that you can inhabit? Mm-hmm. Um, but it was, uh, it was a fun project and almost a labor of love. And then that's what then we uh, moved here to Austin after that project and, um, and ended up, buying a house here, moving in for a year and moving out. And I renovated that whole, um, that whole property too. I've also renovated properties for my mother-in-law in in Dallas, a property here in Lakeway for my mother-in-law. So, I mean, I, I really, I I seem to be the uh, family renovator, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. You're still doing grunt work. (laughs) So you bought your first house in Corpus when you were 23 uh, lived in that, renovated it, sold it. So live and flip. Then you bought your next house in Corpus, did the same thing. And then you bought a house here in Austin. That's awesome. That's a really great strategy to, to monetize living in a home. You know, everybody's, you got to live somewhere. And I think that we can all really take advantage of the, the great pieces of real estate and value add real estate. Like you're talking about there, you just fix a place up boom, it's worth way more. So right there, you made a bunch of money doing that. Then you rolled into the next one. um, And you can do that tax-free when you live in a house for two years. And you could do that essentially as many times as you want. So that's a great way to make a lot of money and really take advantage of having to live somewhere. There's so many great ways you you can take advantage of that. So I want to talk about real quick. So you, you talked about your boss at the property management of that, that condo complex essentially told you to quit. And I think that's really interesting because my first broker said, Hey, Jordan, essentially in so many words, it looks like you're trying to do something with your real estate career. You should go somewhere else. And that's how I found KW was he said, Hey, we're, you look like you're trying to do something. You look like you're trying to grow maybe find somewhere to go do that. And it seems like your boss did that same thing to you. Maybe he saw something in you and said, Hey, Chase, you're going to do better off somewhere else. Is that right? Hey guys, this is Jordan Moorhead here. And I wanted to ask if you could do a huge favor for me. If you could go leave a review for this podcast, wherever you're listening to it, that would really help me get this into the hands of other people that are interested in information about Austin real estate investing. And I'd be able to help more people. Thanks guys. Yeah, it, he did. And I, uh, I'll never forget him. And I, um, I still try to stay in touch with him a little bit on Facebook. But mm-hmm. yeah, um, great guy. Um, Nathan, it was his name. And um, he just, it, 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 yeah, I, I, I mean, I would still he, he doesn't obviously live in Austin, he lives out of state. But yeah, I mean, I would be friends with this guy. He was he was somebody like that, that makes that level of impression on your life. Mm-hmm. is and it was just simple words it wasn't even that uh it you know it was a small action in the overall scheme of my life i guess mm-hmm. but at the same time it made a real impression on me and and uh, empowered me at a time that i think i really needed it mm-hmm. um coming out of college putting myself through college um and just you know all of that um that i was about to embark on uh to to have to not only pay back in student loans, but 
also the fact of um, just starting a career. And he he was really instrumental and allowed me a lot of the opportunity that I think I've been able to achieve in my life with with just that simple uh, connection to Mm -hmm. go and talk to somebody else. Yeah. Yeah. Now, sometimes we need that little push or or that signal of confidence from somebody else of, hey, you know, I, I'm able to do more, or maybe I should go take that step to do that next thing. I think that's really cool that he did that for you. And I think with my first broker, like, I can't say that I would have made the change as quickly or, or ever like I did. But for somebody to say, hey, you know, I see more in you, maybe this isn't the right spot for you to grow is is really important and and really selfless in a way, you know, like, hey, he probably was doing really well with having you there. I'm sure you're making his life easy, you know? Yeah, you know, I, I think back on on um, in times that I've been in management and and times that I probably could have done that better uh, for mm-hmm. folks that and push them a little bit more. But, yeah, it's a selfless act. And um Sometimes we're selfless and sometimes we're self, uh, you know, uh, take the, the, the side that we're protecting ourselves and, uh, selfish and we shouldn't, there's, um, there's, there's such a great opportunity in that. And, and I've certainly learned, um, over the years that, um, really pouring into people and, and letting them grow is serving both of you at the, at the highest level for sure. Yeah, no, I would say. And then I'll, I'll let us drop this topic. But I would say like with K, that was one of the things I like so much about KW is that it's all about building everybody around you up. It's not about I succeed and and you just do this well. It's like, hey, how can I help everybody do as good as they can? Disregarding that maybe they do so well that they they leave or that they are they right. exceed you, you know, right. So I, I just really love that attitude. And I, I know you you hold that same attitude near and dear, but I, I think that we can continue to pour into other people and help everybody do as good as they possibly can. And it's going to do nothing but make us better. So that's that, uh, it's the abundance mindset versus the scarcity mindset there. You nailed it. Awesome stuff. Cool. Do you have any advice for somebody that is going so back to the tax thing so like let's say we're going to protest our taxes and we're going to hire home tax shield to do it and can we talk a little bit more about home tax shield and what you guys do and you had a really interesting feature that i thought was cool where you talked about you know protesting over and over um Mm -hmm. i think having to do that each year personally or having to remember to go do it each year it's not a lot of work, but it takes time and effort and remembering to do it on time. How can you help with that? Yeah, and and I do think that that's a great um, great question and a great point. And what Home Tax Shield does is they they partner with partners um, that allow you to also be part of this process. Meaning the um, we, we give back to the community. When you protest your property taxes with us, we also make it very simple to where it is a sign up and forget it. If you want to sign up and forget it, literally forever until you contact us. I mean, we'll stay in, in conversation with you and relationship with you as a homeowner 
but we will protest protest it every year. It's a uh, $30 fee annually to sign up. And that literally ensures that we protest your property taxes and that we ensure that you have the most fair value um, out there based off of your house in a with given metrics. So like mm-hmm. if you have a three bedroom uh, home, two, two bath property, 1500 square feet, et cetera, right? We will actually look and see that that home compares to other three bedroom, two bath homes, 1500 square feet and see what the valuations are in a given area. So we're doing valuations, not based off of, but not all the time based off of sales data. And that's the difference. There's two arguments that are legal in Texas, and that is sales and equity. And sales data is um, based off of what comps have are out there um, and what properties have actually sold in the last year. Well, what about the houses that haven't sold? Yeah, and those properties that are out there and comparing against those. And that's what we're doing. And um, so the appraisal district likes to, you know, hike homes that are that have sold. But what about the homes that haven't sold and being in comparison to those? And so this is all about appraisal, right? So if appraisals are, are equitable, then the data should trend similarly against those other properties. And that, that's what we do. Um, the way this process works is you do have to sign up prior to the dead, deadline. Um, that generally is sometime around May 15th. Um, but make sure and check with your, your um, tax assessor and the county appraisal district and make sure that you're signing up prior to that deadline. It can vary depending on holidays and things that could fall in that period of time. Uh, but it's generally around the 15th of May every year. And um, we will file the protest. And once we file the protest, we do take a 30% success fee when we're mm-hmm. successful. Um, that billing of that 30% success fee will happen around October, um, sometime between October and November. Here's the difference of Home Tax Shield, though. Most of our competitors will charge the 30% success fee off of what they lower your valuation on, regardless of exemptions. So what we will do is we will look at what we've been able to lower your taxes. And then if you have an exemption that actually lowers your valuation, or not your valuation, but your taxation amount even lower, then we will base the success fee off of that dollar amount and not off of the um, valuation prior to the exemptions being added in. That's a unique feature, meaning that when we say 30% success, it's actually, especially if you have exemptions, it, it can mean that you may not even pay a uh, success fee when we've actually been successful. So oh. my house, for example, this year, I um, I had, let's just, I'm going to make up some numbers, but let's say it was $500,000 and they lowered me um, to four seventy five. Mm-hmm. Well, my homestead exemption is actually greater than that. And therefore, I didn't pay any success fee, even though they were successful in lowering my valuation by $25,000. Um, so that's the way that this process works. We are in uh, 38 counties across Texas mm-hmm. and um, have done many, many thousands of homes across Texas and, and protested them. but. 
Um, we have a small, small group. It's all really done through um, data and uh, driven largely by technology to do this scale of a business with the size team that we have. And uh, it's been very successful. Awesome. So, so been, really been exciting. $30 and then just to, just to boil it down and make it easy for everybody that's listening, $30 sure. and then you don't pay anything unless you guys are successful in getting my taxes lowered. And when my taxes are lowered, if I had an exemption that would have already made them lower than that, you don't charge anything at all. Am I hearing that right, Chase? We don't charge anything else beyond the initial $30 that you signed up for. Exactly. Okay. So 30 bucks, Correct. like, I mean, that's not even, that's not even dinner anywhere here in Austin. No, no. no and that's person. to make sure that your taxes are fair. Right. Mm -hmm. So you're going to spend more. I mean, it, one hour of my time is worth more than thirty dollars, mm -hmm. and I'm sure yours too, Jordan. So if you go and you fight these and protest on your own, mm -hmm. I mean, it, you're you're able to leverage your time back, right? It's either time or money. Like, what do you want more yeah. of? Well, I want time back, and well, so um, yeah. And and I think it's more than that. I think it's it's yeah, time or money. But what? The biggest thing for me is just having things I don't have to think about or remember to do or other things. Cause yeah, an hour of time isn't a lot, but an hour of time taken off my focus of, of running my real estate business and investing in real estate like that, that takes up most of my time that I want to be doing other than hanging out with my girlfriend and doing the things that I want to do, you know? So it's, yep. it's, it's the, the action of having to do something else that I only have to do once a year and then I have to remember to do, and I have to remember my password and I have to log in. I have to do all this different stuff that I don't do every day. And that's so much more energy than making a cold call. Like I, I do every day, all day. Like I pick up a phone, make a cold call, no problem. I know how to do it. I've got the script. I know what I'm doing, but protesting my taxes, like that's not me, man. <laughs> you know? I, I hear you. And, uh, you know, taking the opportunity to to try to take that left turn and, and do something that you don't typically do in your day to day. Mm -hmm. it, it's it's tough. Um, you yeah. also have to reprogram yourself. Absolutely. And that's why I think that for $30 a year, like it's a complete no brainer. I mean, that it's essentially nothing for the amount of the thousands of dollars you could save protesting your taxes i've saved thousands of dollars just just by protesting my taxes and it's not a lot of work to do it yourself like we talked about but in some cases when i protested them i had a closing disclosure it said hey i i paid this much less so it was a no-brainer that they needed to lower it but uh, when i don't have a closing disclosure i don't want to go through all the effort of pulling a bunch of comps and figuring out why my house is actually assess too high. I just want to let you guys do it. Have you wanted to be part of GoBundance, the tribe of millionaires, but just haven't hit that millionaire status yet? Well, now you can, not even being a millionaire, by joining our new program, GoBundance Emerge. My name's Jamie Gruber, creator of GoBundance Emerge and member of the GoBundance community. And now you can join. GoBundance.com slash emerge. GoBundance.com slash emerge. Use code Jordan for $100 off this 12-week goal-setting program and mastermind that'll propel you to being a whole-life millionaire. Well, and, and hey, a closing disclosure is still the sales argument. 
Mm-hmm. And and even even sales data um, is still a sales argument versus mm-hmm. an equity argument. So the equity argument is really hard for an average consumer mm-hmm. to easily pull and aggregate data on. And with where Austin has been and the rest of the state and the nation, for that matter, and and price appreciation, the equity argument is what has been most valuable recently in lowering property taxes. It hasn't been the sales data. And I don't know that the sales data will be, it might be this coming year. Um, There may be some opportunity. Uh, However, I anticipate that our market will continue to appreciate. Mm -hmm. And with that being the case, the sales data, it can be challenging to, to leverage that. Yeah. I mean, and I had so many people call me around tax time and say, hey, can you send me some comps that prove my house is worth less than it's assessed at? And I'm like, no, I can't. Sorry, they don't exist. You know, your house is actually worth way more than it's assessed at. They're wrong on the low end. And we're still seeing that. People talk about property taxes have gone up 56% on average, but in reality, the value's gone up around 70% based on when they were you know, when they last assessed it. So absolutely. It's like you're talking about the sales data is just not good enough. So really cool. Not stuff. right now. No, yeah. not right now. Probably not anytime in the future. So I think you need a, a better plan to make it happen. Um, Chase, do, what's what's the best way somebody can can approach getting into touch with home tax shield and understanding what they need to do to be on autopilot for always protesting their taxes and making sure that they're paying what they should be paying in taxes every year. Yeah, I think the best thing to do, Jordan, and I I know you're going to post a a link. Jordan's a a partner with us, and um, there's a link that you can go directly on to Jordan's uh, partner page. Mm -hmm. And when you access Jordan's partner page, that is actually going to give you a 50% discount your first year that you sign up um, on that annual fee. So instead of it being $30, it will lower it to $15 and you will, you will have the 30% success fee um, when we're successful and any following sequential renewal years, it will, it will be a $30 annual fee. Um, But in doing so um, we also are able to give back to our community um, through any homeowners that sign up through that page, Jordan. So when they do that, um, you're able to pick a charity. And I believe that you have picked um, a local Austin charity here. Mm-hmm. And so we cut a check in your behalf um, to that charity um, and give back. So that is, um, there's a great opportunity, right, for it to be a win-win. I know at KW, we always say win-win or no deal. And I feel yeah. like that's exactly in that same vein of win-win or no deal. Mm-hmm. So awesome. That that's where they can go. And that's really the best um, place. Awesome. Yeah. That's and we'll have, we'll have that link in the show notes for everybody. I highly recommend that you sign up and, and do everything you can to get your taxes as low as possible. Because, of course, as real estate investors, uh, that's one of our highest expenses. And the less we pay on taxes, the more cash flow we're going to get in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Chase, you you briefly mentioned KW there. So I think that's something we got to talk about. So you're the team leader 
at Keller Williams Southwest Market Center. Can you explain what drew you to KW and you know why it's a great place for agents to come? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, KW is an incredible place to be. And um, what drew me here is is I started off talking a little bit about um, my history and and being in real estate. And um, in my last few roles, um, I was around almost every brokerage in Texas. Mm-hmm. And I kept coming back to the people and the culture of KW. And what's unique is being in Austin, Texas, we're in the backyard of where Keller Williams all started. And it all started here at Southwest Market Center. So it's a really unique opportunity and melting pot to collaborate with folks that just think in in a framework that some of us haven't even dreamt of until we're part of it. Mm-hmm. And so it's a, it's a really amazing place to be. I mean, even today we did a mastermind around KW Wealth and what that looks like. And um, our markets are coming together to explore and, and um, build that out for the next year for agents. So what drew me to KW is not only being in Austin, but I think I'd be drawn to KW anywhere. It's, mm-hmm. it's a matter of just but being in the backyard of where it all started and being able to plug into so many opportunities here in Austin, Texas, it's really a no brainer. Yeah. In my opinion. No, I mean, I think it was for me too. So I talked about, I was with a smaller mom and pop brokerage. It was just like a three, four agents, including mm-hmm. me. And what sounded really good to me at that small mom and pop brokerage was they only took a small percentage of your commission. It was like a 10% fee or something. And I looked around at all the other bigger guys and they're taking 30, 40%. I didn't understand that there was a lot more value. There was a lot of value in some of these bigger players. So I went out and I talked to all of them. Uh, I'm lucky my father's in real estate. He's been in real estate for uh, a couple decades. And he had some suggestions and said, hey, I talked to KW. They're a great place to go to learn how to be a really successful agent. And then mm-hmm. I learned about the commission splits here. And I'm like, oh, these are these are great. You know, like not only is KW not taking a ton of the money I earn as an agent, but at the same time, they're helping me grow as an agent and an investor and a business person. And I think some of the courses and education we have here at KW are just world-class. Like nobody teaches you how to hire or how to build a business organization, but they do a KW for like really next to nothing. Um, and I've just really enjoyed a lot of those classes I've taken. And then, you know, we, we're talking about investing here on this podcast most of the time. Some of the education I've received around investing and some of the, the, the people I've come in contact with in KW that are also investors, it's just blown my mind. So couldn't mm-hmm. recommend it more. Um, K-Score. So I know Chase, of course, is familiar with K-Score. Keller Williams School of Real Estate. Uh, you can get the free real estate licensing courses. And then, of course, there's some small fees to go through the the state and background checks and that kind of stuff. But they're just doing everything they can to make it easy for somebody to get licensed and pursue a career in real estate. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's um, there is there is no cost to that. Mm -hmm. um, we do have a process that you'll go through for to prep for the Keller School of Real Estate. But absolutely, mm -hmm. if anybody's interested in in getting your real estate license here in Texas, and and if it's outside of Texas for that matter, I can put you in touch with the right team leader in that respective state um, or market that you're in. But absolutely, we we would love to support you and help help you grow and um, build an incredible future for yourself and your family. And uh, we just we're we're a group of really big thinkers and um, dreaming bigger than I think we initially thought before we were part of this ecosystem that we could dream. Mm -hmm. And uh, you're right, this is an organization about education. And that's the foundation that we're all building upon. And we all have to be in business and earn a wage, right? Um, through real estate and helping others or myself in the team leader role, supporting the brokerage here. Um, but ultimately what we're wanting to do is build a legacy for our families. And um, that's what we're teaching here. And that's what the education is all about. So um, it, like I had already said, I feel like it's such a melting pot for that. Jordan, it's it's a fun place to be. Great environment to be in for that. If you're looking to grow, this is the place to be for sure. So, Chase, you've had a a relatively thorough career in real estate so far these last 15 years. You've been in pretty much everything you could be in in the real estate business. What's next for you? What's your your vision for real estate for yourself and what are your long-term goals? Jordan Moorhead here. Really quick, I wanted to tell you a couple other ways you can keep track of us. If you want to listen to all these podcasts and ask questions, the Moorhead team on YouTube is the best place to be. And then Austin Real Estate Investors on Meetup is a great place to keep track of all of our meetups we have going on. Yeah, um, <laughs> I chuckle a little bit because um, last year I actually tried to buy my first home back. <laughs> and oh, I think really? we've all had these, these regrets, right, where we've sold something and we go, why did I ever sell that? Mm -hmm. um, and hindsight's always twenty twenty, but um, it's it, my my ultimate goal is to build a portfolio for myself and to have the not like I mentioned to build a legacy for my family, but also to to have the choice to do what I would like to do. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in a place where I I have to work, and uh, like many of us are, and building that legacy is is about choice, and um, it's it's. Um, so what's next for me is to really focus on, I, I want to help people grow and I want to help people achieve their, their dreams and their goals. And I have a passion for that. And I always have. Mm -hmm. And um, that's what I see myself doing in this role at team, as team leader at the Southwest Market Center. And as part of that, I also get the opportunity to be around so many great people like yourself, Jordan, and so many others here at the Market Center. And part of that also gives me the opportunity to build and scale and grow out what I want to do as well to leave that legacy for my family. So um, it, it's it's really a win-win. Um, and so what I what I do want to do is uh, invest in more investment properties. I've been I've been heavy investing in general, but not so much into real estate, which is odd considering mm -hmm. that's where I my career. Mm -hmm. um, I've invested personally, just haven't invested from an investment perspective and holding my real estate. And that's what I want to do moving forward. So I have a plan. It's um, 
it, it's it's loosely baked out right now, but it's it's really first just about um, covering a, a subset of my expenses and then covering half of my expenses and then three fourths of my expenses and then all of them mm-hmm. and then growing something beyond that. Um, and that's really where I think you get choice is when you're covering your expenses, you make different decisions at that point and um, both with your money and with your family and with your time, you know, and that's where I want to be. So great. financial freedom is a great place to be. And I think like you're saying, everybody should strive to be there. So it's a worthy goal. And we could definitely continue to talk about that as, as we run into each other all the time here. Um, That's a whole podcast in itself, right? Absolutely. Do you have a favorite <laughs> business or mindset book that you like to recommend to people, Chase? I am a pretty avid reader and I, I, I love reading business books. One that I've read, and actually it's been about a year, but I really do like this book. It's called The Infinite Game by Simon Sinek. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also reading a book right now and I'm about halfway through it, but I, I love this book too, because it speaks to you in more of a, it's more like telling a story. And I found it very interesting. I've not read a book like this um, recently at all. And it, we actually gave it out at our agent leadership uh, retreat recently. Oh, cool. And it's called Six Types of, of the Working Genius um, by Patrick. Lenoe, Lunsconi. I may be saying it wrong, and I apologize, Patrick, if I'm butchering your name there. But um, (laughs) it's an incredible read, and it's really about somebody that's wanting to find that that um, just that synergy in their business and find that sweet spot to where they really can strive, and they are not stuck, bogged down in things that they aren't. kind of defaulted to excel at we all have natural uh, abilities and it's about really finding your natural ability and then uh, finding others that can support the places that you're weaker and um so anyway those are two really great reads and the infinite game is is about uh the long game and it's about really looking ahead in the future and um, it, it's been instrumental even in, in how I've set my goals for myself. So those are two great reads that I'd recommend. I'll have to check that out. I've not read The Infinite Game yet. But yeah, I agree with all those those uh, those systems and processes and just the whole set, set a long game for yourself and, and look out far into the future. I think we look, hey, what am I going to do next year? And I've talked about this with uh, some agents on my team and with other investors. Think about what you're going to do in 10 years and where you're trying to go and then work backwards from there rather than, hey, uh, what can I do in the next couple months or the year? Because I think it's we've got so much more time than we we know, but also you don't want to wait around for it to happen. You'll be you'll be there before you know it. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Cool, Chase. Uh, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you and just learn more about you? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to connect with anybody that wants to talk about real estate or investing or property taxes or I know property taxes. It, it's not the sexiest topic, but um, just any of these these topics that relate around real estate. And I can be found on on Facebook. It's where I live a lot of my time because uh, real estate is 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 all over Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just Chase McRoberts. 
And there, I'm also on Instagram at chase.mcroberts, and I'm also on LinkedIn. So you can find me any of those places um, or stop by the Southwest Market Center here in Austin. I'd love, yeah. to, love to set up a time to chat with you too. Absolutely. And we'll have all Chase's contact info here in the show notes too for everybody. Um, <clears throat> at chase.mcroberts on Instagram? Yes. Okay, awesome. So yeah, follow Chase at chase.mcroberts on Instagram. Again, always follow me at Jordan underscore Moorhead on Instagram. Reach out to Chase. He'd love to help you with anything property tax or real estate related. And Chase, thank you so much for coming on here today, man. It's good good having you on the podcast as I see uh, in the hallway almost every day. Hey, buddy, I appreciate it. It's always good to get to connect with you. And uh, I appreciate you allowing me to connect with all your listeners, too. Absolutely. Thanks, man. See you here soon. Okay, buddy. Take care. All right. Take it easy, Chase.